Max, the one to watch for the best in entertainment, now has live sports with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Stream hundreds of select live games from MLB, NBA, NHL, U.S. Soccer, and NCAA Men's March Madness. And it's all included for a limited time with any Max subscription. After the promo period, add it for $9.99 a month. Base subscription required. On November 10th, Brie Larson and Samuel L. Jackson reunite on the big screen as Captain Marvel and Nick Fury to assemble the MCU's next team, the Marvels. After Captain Marvel gets her powers entangled with teenage superhero Miss Marvel and Captain Monica Rambeau, the three heroes will learn teaming up changes everything. Don't miss Captain Marvel's return November 10th in the Marvels, only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Get your tickets now. You are now listening to FemRegard Podcast with Tessa Markle and Carolina Alvarez. Mmm, Fem. Hey listeners, want to start your own podcast? Let us tell you our favorite tool. Anchor is the one-stop shop for all your podcasting needs. Here's why. Anchor lets you record and edit your show right from your phone or computer. So no matter your setup, you can start creating right now. Then it distributes your show to the most popular listening platforms like Apple and Spotify. Plus, it's the only place you can send video content to Spotify. Creators can even earn money on Anchor with ads and subscriptions. Best of all, it's all free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, fam fam. Um, guess what, guys? We've got a very exciting guest today. Um, arguably, today's guest is our biggest guest, our most well-known guest. Um, and his name is Cameron Monahan. If you don't know off the top of your head who that is, he was Ian on Shameless for 11 years, I believe, the show ran. So that's a big <laughs> deal. But he's also done a lot of other things. And he's just an amazing actor. He's been acting for a really long time. And in this episode, we not only get to talk about that, we go on a whole tangent, which you'll see. <laughs> uh, but he was a real delight to as talk do, to. As we do, as we do. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but he was a real delight to talk to you about the acting process and, mm-hmm. you know, how he really handles tough material. And he is here today promoting the film Paradise Highway, which I mentioned this several times in the episode. I'm just going to mention it again right now. If you have not listened to last week's episode with Anna Guto, she is the writer-director of the film. Please go listen to that as well. We get into some really cool stuff with her. Um, But the film just was released last week, Paradise Highway, in select theaters and on-demand streamers. Check it out. It's a really important film. And our chat today was, like I said, just lovely to really get into the process. We love talking to actors. (laughs) (laughs) Woo-woo! So, guys, tune in. Well, thank you, Cameron, for coming on to chat with us today. Um, We're super excited to talk to you about a lot of things. Um, We personally love having actors on the show, too, because while this is more so a show about like filmmaking, 
we are actors. Like we are actors first. That's how we started. That's our passion. So we love talking to other actors. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think there's an old cliche that actors love talking about acting and, and talking to other <laughs> actors, but I think it's true. I mean, um, I don't know. It's uh, it, I do really like other actors. Most of my friends are actors and uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, I always enjoy talking about the process and what we do. Amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Every time we get an actor on our podcast and hopefully you'll feel the same today, they're just like, man, like we got asked all these questions, like questions that I feel like you don't normally get in an interview process because we can relate to just all the different ways we go with how we get ready for a role or how we collaborate with a director. There's like all these things that I think even if our listeners are not an actors themselves, they can get some takeaways on how to work with different different humans <laughs> essentially yeah. different types of humans and and how they work so yeah we're, we're excited to kind of nerd out with you today on that that end for sure yeah. that's wonderful yeah. And so we'll definitely get into Paradise Highway, um, but I want to start kind of from the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah. I hate to say, you know, just tell me your story, but you started mm -hmm. acting really young. So I'd love to hear kind of what it was like to be so young in the business. And I mean, even, you know, I, you had a lot of stuff before Shameless too, but that being so big while you were so young as well, I'd love to just hear about that. Yeah, you know, um, so... I recently realized that I've been on screen for uh, over 20 years at this point. Uh, I shot my first movie when I was eight years old um, and I've been able to kind of grow up with onset experience, which is uh, an honor that I don't think a lot of people uh, get the opportunity to have. I know a lot of people don't. Um, so yeah. I first, uh, I got shameless when I was about 15, uh, soon to turn 16. Uh, obviously I worked on that show for 11 years. Um, so I was, I was like 27 when we finished. Um, and that was a pretty amazing thing yeah, <laughs> to go from 15 to 27. Yeah. Um, our, our kids on the show, um, I call them the kids. They're not kids anymore, but they'll always be the <laughs> right. kids to me. Yeah. Uh, they were, yeah. they were eight when we shot the pilot and they're both over 21 now. So it's, um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And like, specifically with Shameless, because um, I mean, I watched the show while it was running. I was a big fan. Mm -hmm. And like to see your character, Ian, go through not just everyday teenage growing up stuff. You know, he really had some heavy stuff to deal with. And like, how was that for you? You know, by that point, you were already a professional actor. But like to deal with that still as a young human being, you know, that like really dark stuff and not only to play it as an actor, but to kind of, you know, wrap your mind around it and not get caught up in it and not let it affect, you know, your real life. Because we see that happen with actors mm. of any age when they have to deal with some really like heavy content. Yeah, I, well, I think that I'm very lucky in that the roles that I got when I was younger, um, even prior to Shameless, but especially with, you know, Shameless, and I was working on a, on a show called Gotham at the same time as well. Those stories weren't um, just about like being a teenager. Um, they weren't mm -hmm. high school shows. They weren't yeah. really about high school. They were about being a human being um you know there were explorations of characters and of situations that were 
um, heavier and more complex than uh, just, you know, the, the goings-ons of high school drama, which is not to say that you can't tell interesting stories about that stuff. I mean, some of my favorite sure. movies are like, whatever, 10 Things I Hate About You or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm very lucky in the sense that um, I wasn't on like a CW show or something like that. Again, no offense to that stuff, but, um, you know, I think that on a day-to-day basis, a lot of times that can be very unfulfilling as a performer. Mm -hmm. And I always felt myself being challenged and fulfilled as a performer working with this um, pretty wild subject matter and um, strange and and challenging stuff. you know, uh, I'm very lucky that my own personal interests with uh, performing, with acting, um, were something in me from a really young age. Mm-hmm. And um, I never really lost that interest. At the end of the day, I find it a joy to be on set. Uh, I find it a joy to be able to um uh, de- devote my time to understanding character, understanding story of, of playing this stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's what I know and what I uh, feel comfortable in. And mm. I'm very lucky that I've gotten to do it so consistently for so long. Um, mm. So, you know, I know that for some young performers, um, you know, you can call them child actors or child stars or whatever. Um, they can feel, uh, disenchanted uh, by the work they can feel like they were forced into something or they lost themselves somewhere along the way mm-hmm. and I think that I was in the context of stuff that I've, I've always enjoyed um, and I also have such an interest in, in, it, in my own terms that I don't know um, I never felt that way yeah. I've never had that moment um, so yeah all, all I can say is that I'm very thankful for that yeah. Yeah. That does sound like such an amazing opportunity. Like you said, a lot of times, um, <clears throat> especially younger actors don't really get that opportunity to get that like really gritty kind of material so young. Mm. So yeah, being exposed to that younger is like, it's such a cool experience, I'm sure. And yeah, it sounds like it really did prepare you then for those sorts of roles moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was interesting with, with a show like Shameless, um, so much of the content is um i mean there's no way around it it's explicit um it is uh it was an exploration of like uh sexuality and uh humanity and and uh you know um finding self and self-expression and I think that that was kind of an interesting thing of being, you know, 16, 17 years old and you right. know, kind of everyone is exploring that for themselves around that age yeah. and having this kind of safe context to be able to work out these issues um, in kind of a grand way was honestly pretty amazing. Um, you know, challenging, mm-hmm. certainly. Um, I think that it's very challenging for any young person to be, in the public eye um you know we're all we're all figuring out who we are and what we want and you know when you're commit when things are put out there in the world on on that scale 
it feels like everything is this statement of like, this is what I am all the time. I was just going to say like, this is your identity now. Yeah. And it's and like, it's like I, no one knows what their identity oh, is and that's shifting and changing and it should be. Um, I, you know, I feel even I, I, I'm, you know, I'm 20, 28, soon to be 29. And I still feel like that identity is constantly being found and it's shifting and it's changing. So God, when, when you're 16, that's an entirely <laughs> different thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's a, it's something I always wonder about. Um, I got, it's going to sound like a dinosaur or something. It's not <laughs> like an old man, but like with like social media, you're kind of like, you're branding yourself in mm-hmm. such a major way with like, I, I am, I'm this personality. I'm this person right. you're sending down. This the flag is what of, I do. This is what I do. This is what I am. Mm-hmm. This is what I stand for. This is what I, and the, it's great to be able to express it in that way. But I sometimes wonder about the pressure of that, you know, a lot of times uh, people, people are on, you know, whatever, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, they're 11, 12 years old. And, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of them find tremendous amounts of respect uh, of um, success, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is amazing. Um, but uh, it's a bit concerning as well. <laughs> and yeah. I hope that people are checking on the uh, the mental well-being of these kids. That's all I can say. Does yeah. he not know our next feature film or does he not know the message? <laughs> We're <laughs> like, working on a feature thing. right now that is really kind of centered around like how technology in general affects mental health and the advancements oh, wow. of that and you know how it's like are we like because technology is great and like you said there's some great advantages mm-hmm. but I think we need to question the safety measures that we have to protect our, our own brains our, our like I I'm so scared to have kids one day if, <laughs> if that yeah. crosses it just because like what do you do do you not do you take them out of the world you can't because this is how everyone operates right now is through social media and like all of that but also like I don't know at what age is it okay and it's just like yeah I well, <laughs> I'm not even ready to have kids but I'm like thinking about it's forcing like delving into these topics with Tessa for a feature it's like forcing me to like really see all this stuff very clearly yeah well that that sounds that sounds interesting um yeah I can't wait to see um you know I think that there's something we haven't really fully acknowledged that what social media is, is it's designed to be addictive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a essentially yep. an addictive substance for, yeah. you know, it, it hotwires our brains to, uh, to release um, <laughs> a hormonal response of uh, satisfaction of, uh, you know, of conflict of, of, of joy of all these things whenever we interface with it. It's oh, essentially yeah. we're giving ourselves a little neurological hit every time that we utilize it. And, um, you know, I don't think that we've acknowledged yet that we are, uh, as a society, addicted. We are addicts. Um, I know I can speak personally that, like, I've definitely had to uh, kind of reevaluate how I use it because Mm -hmm. I found myself just constantly opening up these apps and scrolling to the top. And, you know, I would just keep refreshing and there was nothing new that was happening. Like the order of it would just be changing, <laughs> yeah, but I would yeah, keep yeah. refreshing it. And yeah. I realized how addictive that was. And I realized it was a problem when every time I would look down at my hands 
and the app was opened and I didn't ever realize, like, I don't remember opening it. It's just yeah. there. All of a sudden you're like staring at it yeah. and you're like, how did I get here? And it's because they, yeah, designed pop-up notifications to trigger you. Of course. And like, like little things. And I just want to pull up this quote on the lines of what you're saying, because mm. it's so good. And it says by Edward Tuft from the Social Dilemma movie mm. on Netflix, mm. Stock. So oh, good. Yeah, it's great. There are only two industries that calls their customers users, illegal drugs and software. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, it's just there. It's like, it's just really interesting. Like we've noticed when you dived into it that like, yeah, it's, it's super, it's made to addict, grab you away. And now with our features, like main premise um, surrounding it around, what am I going to say? Toxic relationships mm -hmm. and how like, easy it is to access someone these days and really get, you know, you, cyber stalking, all that. It's just so available. We're, we're so easily available to tap into each other's brains. It's, it's frightening. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so it is. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a difficult thing because it's like, I think that all of us can acknowledge how there is such a, um, I mean, it's a wonderful thing that we have connectivity across, the, you totally. know, the, the world that people have access to information in a way never seen before that we have, the, you know, the availability of, of, of opportunity of, of knowledge yes, of, of these yes, things. Yes, yes. I think we all can acknowledge that that's a great thing. Um, but it's, it's about trying to interface with it responsibly if you can. Mm -hmm. We don't even know what that looks like. And exactly. I do wonder, like, you know, I think that we are just going to have some mass psychological, <laughs> uh, some psychosis of that we have not necessarily identified yet that, you know, uh, two or three generations from now, knock on wood, hoping that we exist in two or three generations. <laughs> right. Um, you know, they're, they're going to look at us and be like, boy, they really did not look after themselves like at all like right, my yeah. god what was going on with those people um so <laughs> you know hopefully we can uh, course correct and try to figure out what it is doing to us and um yeah yeah I don't know I mean that this is a question that is much bigger than me so hopefully you guys can explore it in ways that are uh, more eloquent than what I have yeah I no, mean it's interesting sure. too to be in this world as an actor because you know, like you were saying about like kind of, you know, branding yourself on social media is mm -hmm. kind of the way to curate, I guess, the biggest audience and, you know, get yourself up in the algorithm and everything. But then specifically as an actor, like you're really taught, like that's what you have to do. Like your yeah. page has to be not just actor stuff. It can be a real life stuff, but it's all got to fit in this same, you know, box that you need to fit yourself into. And then once you get successful in that box, you can branch out. I said, no, thank and, you. You know, it's <laughs> but so... that's like what we're taught as actors. Yeah. Like, a lot Literally. of advice to young <laughs> actors is to do that and I'm like I can't this isn't real I know <laughs> like, I, I mean that's that's this it's a weird thing because like you're told it's important a lot mm -hmm. you're in I'm yeah. sure I mean look it's it's amazing that you have like a platform that like uh you know if you have like a successful social media following whatever you can have you can tell millions of people about whatever project whatever thing it is that you're doing yeah. and I think that that is a really special opportunity but I do if sometimes I do wonder if sometimes if that is that importance is overstated mm -hmm. um you know 
a lot of the people that I respect are not on social media and I don't know I've like uh, the the more that I do this job the more that I find myself kind of stepping away from it Mm -hmm. um at the end of the day as a as an actor I don't know like the, the a lot of the actors that I respect be it whatever Kate Blanchett or um I don't know, Gary Oldman, Robert De Niro, someone like that. I don't really want to know what their couch looks like. (laughs) I don't want to like, I don't want to see their dinner really. Like, I don't want to know. I don't want like updates from moment to moment. I think that Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of a mystique that I personally find intriguing in performers. And while everyone is very obsessed with relatability um, you know, when it's curated or designed for people, is that at all relatable? You know, I don't know. Right. I, I would rather, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I sometimes I see, these, sometimes I see these hashtag relatable posts of people who have been very successful for very long periods of time. And they're in their very fancy kitchens or living rooms and they're talking about their personal chef and they're talking about, "Uh like, can you believe that, you know, so-and-so did this in such a way where I'm I'm just kind of like, no one relates to you. (laughs) No one relates to this. Like, it's cool that, you know, like whatever you, you, you're able to live your life the way that you are and good for you. Maybe don't fly so many private jets and killer environment but whatever um yeah. <laughs> sorry I'm getting a little heated on this one but but you know I, I don't know I I think that uh at the end of the day it, it's going to come down to the individual and if you yeah. have like a cause um that you believe in um that they, I think that's cool to be able to spread that awareness I, I think it's cool if you want to put out your genuine self but to feel like there's there has to be this pressure of this mm-hmm. designed personality. And that is in some way going to get you hired or make you right. a, a actor that people like. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think good work at the end of the day speaks for itself more than anything. And, you know, hopefully people focus on doing good work more than yeah. trying to craft a narrative. Yeah. Agreed. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for stepping on the Femregard soapbox. We get people there. I, 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 I stepped up is. early. I got on my soapbox and I, you know, I, 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 I sounded the alarms. Hey, Fem fam. Have you heard us raving about Jambox yet? Because let me tell you, it's such an amazing tool for filmmakers, podcasters, advertisers, and anyone who needs music for their projects. Jambox.io is so versatile. They've got songs and sound effects organized by artist, genre, mood, and tags. And they're actually affordable. For as little as $9.99 a month for independent creators, $6 a month for students, or $19.99 a song, you can choose whether a subscription-based membership or a la carte pricing works better for you. And they're flexible. For individual creators, to commercial, to advertising, to theatrical release, They've got you covered. Plus, they're constantly growing and evolving. With new songs and playlists all the time and customer service on point, they really do have everything you need. We've been working with them for a while now and couldn't be happier. That's why we have a special coupon code for our listeners. For 10% off your purchase, make sure you enter code FEM10 at checkout. That's 
fem, F-E-M-M-E, 10, at jambox.io, where they connect creators with ridiculously good music and sound effects. No, I think that because we talk about it regularly, because we feel the pressures as creatives as well, like with, you know, I'm glad we have this show. This really helps us keep in touch with our community and, and find more amazing people that we're literally bringing on a team from this show, from the people we've connected with to work on our feature. So that's all great. Mm. But at what point does it distract me from making sure my script is like perfected and like, you know, like the real work. And I I always go back and forth. And so, you know what, if I feel like I'm getting too distracted, I I have to like literally tell myself like, stop, like it's, it's going to be okay. (laughs) Don't give into the pressures. It'll be fine. Go work on your script or like, you know what? Let's let's get back to that that one post. Let's log it yeah. in the the you know the calendar, whatever <laughs> the social calendar, totally. and we'll get back because yeah, I I constantly feel that pressure. So it's nice for you to share like your insight on that as someone who's successful for people that are listening to and and look up to like ah oh, they feel that pressure. I mean, at the end I mean, of the day, <laughs> when I'm working, like I've realized that I just need to like completely like. I put the phone in another room. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I, I alerts everything turned off. If, if I'm like writing or something like that, that has to be in a different place or else I'm not going right. to be able to focus. And yeah. like, I don't know about you, but like, I find that when I'm writing, you know, obviously there are things that you have to like research or Google or quickly look up. And yeah. so, so much of the time, like I'll go on the internet just to look at that. And then like, you know, I realized that I've been reading Wikipedia articles about like cat breeds or something for four hours. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my I God, I do the same thing. <laughs> Phantom limbs. Phantom yeah. limbs oh, yeah. was my last yeah. oh, one. No, no. I was uh, like, I started getting YouTube stuff and I was like, holy shit. Inventors, <laughs> like, where did we go? Inventors killed by their own creations. That's oh, my yeah. favorite Wikipedia page. <laughs> I love that. I love Phantom that. limbs is good though too. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I want to pivot a little bit to talk about Paradise Highway. Um, So listeners, if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Anna, the writer-director of the movie, make sure you check that out as well, because we really dive into the content of the movie and, and, you know, where the story came from and everything. But I want to talk to you, Cameron, about your experience with it. Um, So you play this FBI agent. Um, I want to talk about, first of all, what it was like to work with Morgan Freeman uh, so closely. And then also, I think it's really interesting that Anna said she had brought on like an actual FBI agent to really kind of consult with and figure out the language Mm. and like what would really happen and stuff. And I'm just curious if you got to really be a part of that or if it was more for like her writing process, but how that all kind of worked together. Yeah. So uh, I play special agent Finley Sterling, who is a young FBI agent who recently graduated from Yale. He's been working a desk job at the FBI for a couple of years and he requests to have field experience. So he gets assigned um, human trafficking and, and sexual slavery. Um, and so he his first case is a, a murder case related to um, sex trafficking. Um, and he gets assigned a uh, experienced uh, former agent played by uh, Morgan Freeman, um, who has been doing this job in this in the story for over 50 years at this point. Wow. So I'm this kind of green young agent uh, ambitious agent coming in Mm -hmm. and I'm very by the book um, and he is a 
agent with seniority who has kind of given up on these systems a long time ago and is sort of just doing things on his own terms now. Um, and he has the seniority to kind of be able to get away with it and pull it off. So uh, our right. characters are very at odds with each other. Um, you know, my guy, because he is not, um, he's a little bit out of his depth and he's not fully experienced. Um, I didn't want him to feel like he knew everything because he shouldn't. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I did do a fair amount of research on my own terms just to understand what this world was that he was coming from. Um, you know, uh, Finley is inexperienced, but he's not unintelligent. He's very smart and he does care. He just doesn't know how to necessarily go about it in the correct way. And that's something that he's kind of learning through, uh, through the job. Um, and so uh, Anna did do a, a quite amount of research while writing this story. And um, she had a, a fair amount of resources for me to look at, um, be it um, from a lot of these organizations, um, um, you know, Not For Sale, Thorn, um, there's so many um, uh, uh, resources for the stuff. Um, specifically, what was, staggering upon first getting involved with this project was just the just the statistics yeah just the numbers yeah um you know imagine. uh it's the situation is so much more dire than what um i understood and i think most people do specifically in the united states um i you know i think that there's an arrogance that we think that we're in somehow some way exempt from these issues and to be honest we're probably worse than um many yeah. places most places um and so learning about that was um was a huge eye-opener um anna had uh had yes this this um fbi former fbi agent um who uh gave her a fair amount of advice um, and I heard a little bit of that. And then I also did some independent research as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, a former uh, FBI agent by the name of Jerry Williams, who she has a um, podcast um, and she interviewed a, a couple people who were specializing in the same field as what Sterling did. And so um, those podcasts were a few hours long each. And it was really interesting hearing what... Um, what they had to say about it um something that jumped out immediately was um for as much as these are systems with rule books and procedures and you know laws and everything um i really admired that at least the people that she had on the podcast um really regarded all the victims as individuals as mm -hmm. people as kids with their own experience with their with you know their own things that they're being deprived of and seeing them as their own individual stories, yeah. I think was um, a really um, beautiful thing and um, difficult as well. Uh, there's, yeah. you know, look, this subject matter is, um, it is bleak by nature. And I think that a lot of times when we hear words like human trafficking are brains can kind of shut off i was just like, gonna say know? totally um and what i think is really special about honest uh script and and how the feature turned out um is that it's a human story 
-hmm. it's about individuals and for as dark as the subject matter is um there's beauty to it and um there's something that is alive and human and i think that if you can personalize these stories um you can build an awareness and a, a relatability to a subject matter that otherwise might be uh unpalatable or too difficult to um be able to process yeah 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 that's a really good point yeah i'm just like soaking all of that in and how that could it's it's I think that helps people relate to it naturally too, without just completely shutting it off when you see, like, know you're going into a story like this. And how did you feel like your character helped aid that, I guess, in a way, was there something that your character also brought that kept, could keep the audience member from feeling so like this is going to a really dark place, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess I, I uh, for, for anyone who hasn't seen the movie um, and they should, <laughs> um, yeah. uh, I, I guess I should just quickly say what the plot is. So um, yeah. um, Julia Pinoche is a truck driver who is um, running contraband as favors for her brother uh, who is in prison and basically to offer her brother uh, played by Frank Grillo protection in prison she's uh, moving illegal goods and she uh, has hired on to do a job where she's supposed to move a package and she finds out this package is a 12 year old girl played by Holla Finley who is being traded for um, sexual slavery and um, this goes wrong pretty quickly and um, someone ends up dead and uh, my character, uh, this young FBI agent comes to this murder scene and is pursuing um, whoever was the killer um, mm -hmm. right. with uh, Morgan Freeman on the road. Um, so the movie is kind of a, uh, it is in two separate parts. We have this truck driver and this young girl together. And then we have these two FBI agents together who are pursuing them. Um, and it's kind of this cat and mouse game where we don't necessarily want the mouse to be caught. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we start to really understand um, this dynamic between um uh, Holla Finley and Julia Binoche's character and uh, there's something really warm and lovely about mm. that dynamic um, mm. and I think that for um, my character Morgan Freeman's character it's the source of a lot of um, necessary humor and lightness mm. in the story um, situationally yeah. they're kind of just very at odds with each other and while it's not like full, I don't know, it's not a buddy cop situation, mm -hmm. but but they are uh, people with their own priorities. And there's something that is really funny about seeing how they interact with each other. Um, so oh, much yeah. of like what I was doing as a performer was just making sure that there was a, that there was a rapport between um, these two characters. And um, that's pretty, easy to do when you have someone as talented as uh, Mr. Morgan Freeman that you're acting across <laughs> from. Yeah, I'm sure that was an experience. And, you know, like, not just because he is like an A-list actor, but because he's been doing it for so long and he's had so much experience and, you know, I'm sure played many, I mean, I know he's played FBI <laughs> agents before, but like <laughs> so many characters like that to get to work with someone that really has 
done it before for so long, you know, I'm sure it was quite an experience as an actor. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that was kind of something that was unique about um, that was that obviously uh, he, Morgan is a uh, massively experienced and, and respected actor. And, you know, I certainly grew up um, at, with him as one of my heroes, as I think most of us have, yeah. um, you know, uh, and Obviously, I am a younger actor who, while I've been doing it a long time, still certainly in comparison, am very much at the start of my career. And I think that is reflected in the characters themselves. Mm -hmm. um, there's a very similar dynamic between the two of them. I think my character has less respect for his character <laughs> than what I have for him in reality. Um, but yeah. uh, I think that, that, you know, that is credit to the writing and the casting to kind of create a situation that feels very uh, reflective of the reality. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was kind of finding that dynamic and channeling it into the characters, um, but also at the same time, making sure that my reverence for him as a performer, as a professional, does not get in the way of um, my own performance, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, like absolutely. you can't, yeah. you can't be an audience member in your own scene. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, you know, it was uh, it was important to uh, not uh, just come in as a tourist and to come in with my own ideas and my own work. And that was something that um, Anna was very good about. Uh, she met with me um a number of times prior prior to shooting and we talked about the character uh the dialogue from scene to scene um figured out what his backstory was um what his home life what is everything beyond what was on the page and to be fair there was some stuff already on the page mm -hmm. um but making sure that we knew exactly who he was and what his arc was going to be and that he was three-dimensional so that uh i was showing up on the day um fully uh fully ready and 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 ready to be there and prepared um yeah. and you know morgan had done his own work and you know we him and i would run dialogue for the next scene while we were doing whatever the prior scene was so we would just be on the side quickly figuring it out running and he would always have questions always interesting smart questions about what these characters are asking what they're saying what they're doing why they want it what you know um right. and he would throw it out to uh to Anna and she uh was um very capable in that department where she always had a good response yeah. um right credit to her research and her awareness of these characters yeah. um you know, and, uh, you, you know, he would, uh, he would challenge me too. Um, you know, he'd just say, Cameron, like, you know, um, come on now, what do you want? What are you doing here? You know, and yeah. he would, he would say, uh, and he kept me on my toes. And so we would do these rehearsals prior. And then when the shot was actually set up for the scene, um, we would do, one or two takes for each one of these shots you know wow. it, uh, we would never do more than that we never needed to that's um, amazing <laughs> yeah 
uh, it was kind of, it was an amazing thing. It was also like, uh, it's different than the way I've worked on a lot of things before. And it mm-hmm. was, uh, kind of a shock in some degrees, like, you know, we would on a cover these scenes very simply and very quickly. And you might only do this dialogue in this context a couple times before it was done. And there were a few times that we did these scenes where I was just like, it, it, it's over. It's already done. <laughs> Feels like we haven't even sat down to do it yet. Um, but, uh, you know, credit to her. She knew exactly what she wanted. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm proud of what we got. So, yeah. Did you enjoy that, that different, more like, like simple, but like you, you understand your characters so well that it was as easy as shooting it just the couple times it needed versus maybe on your other sets, like really like doing more exploration, I guess, within that moment. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's hard to say whether I enjoy that more or less. It certainly is different um, within, within the, the context of this movie. I think that it was important to do. Uh, we were under uh, budgetary and time limitations, um, yeah. you know, and sure. also uh, Morgan Freeman is a older actor who is extremely experienced and he's, he's uh, at an age now where you don't want to have this guy sitting around doing endless takes for no reason. You want to know what you <laughs> yeah. want, you know, yeah. Um, and yeah, for uh, sure. so I think that it was important uh, to 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 honor to everybody to make sure that um, you know the all the groundwork was laid so that it was there yeah. immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that there is something about that that it keeps it alive and fresh. I mean, the fact that you have such a limited opportunity makes it. It's like that is like it's like life. You do things once. And you either did it or you didn't do it. So you'd have to try to do it right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that speaks a lot about uh, talent and professionalism from Anna, from you, from Morgan, and that all of you were able to pull that off. You know, kudos to all of you for that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, to wrap up, um, I want to make sure that our listeners... Again, listeners, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, go back and listen to that. Make sure you see Paradise Highway just came out last week, um, July 29th, um, in select theaters and on streaming VOD. Um, and Cameron, if you would like to share, of course, going back to social media, but <laughs> anything like that that you would like to share for our listeners, your website, any other work even that's coming up, anything like that that you would like our listeners to know about. No, yeah, I, I don't care about my whatever social media stuff. Um, it's my name, but I don't post anything anymore. So who cares? Um, no, just see, see this movie. Uh, it's it's something that we're really proud of. Um, you know, you can get it on demand now. So go watch it. And I don't know, man. Uh, I got some stuff coming up, but honestly, we'll talk about it when we get there. So. <laughs> Fair enough. And go listen to the other podcast too. Listen to Anna's podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, we're, we're, I'm excited to go watch uh, the film. So thank you for, I mean, for all of everyone on the team to put out such an important, I think, message and story and really looking forward to it. And thank you for sharing your insight to, to your world and, and how the whole process went down. It was really fun. Thank you so to much. Also, our tangents. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We I got love a good tangent. <laughs> we it. did. Thanks for listening to Femregard Podcast. 
If you like what you hear, tune in every Friday for more tips on the filmmaking business and insightful conversations with industry professionals. We can only grow with your support, so please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also join the FemFam on Patreon. For more on us, check us out at femregard.com. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.